right. Hey, good morning. Happy Friday. And I hope everyone has had a great week this week. Hey, you are back and live with Dusty Bailey and episode five of In the Moment with Dusty. I know I've kind of been on a hiatus for a couple of weeks. Um, so shout out to all of those people who have been reaching out to me saying, hey, when are you going to put out another podcast? We, we want to hear. We want to listen. Makes me feel really good. Makes me feel like my content, um, the things I'm talking about are really resonating with people. Um, you know, good reason for being, you, you know, off and not doing the podcast. I was out on a family vacation for for almost two weeks. Then I had my oldest son's birthday, turning 14. I can't believe it. Time's flying by. And then got wrapped up in, in catching up on work and catching up on some things that uh, we fell behind on personally when um, we were on vacation. But again, all excuses. I should have been able to, to make it happen, but I'm back now and I'm super excited about it and uh, ready to rock. So over the last couple of weeks, I've been and sitting on some content that I, that I really want to talk about. You know, I hope it's helpful today and I hope it's something that resonates with you. Um, today's podcast, what we're going to focus on is the things that we don't want to do can't do or don't have time to do um, and, and how we tell ourselves those stories and tie that into the word can't and how we have to remove that word from our vocabulary, right? And so I'll just open up with, you know, being vulnerable out the gate here. You know, I am a true believer in um, you can always find a way, as you guys know, that's my mantra. And I'm always talking about the word can't and how it's not supposed to be in your vocabulary. You know, where that comes from is, you know, my grandfather at a very young age when, um, you know, I didn't have a father figure in my life. He kind of took that role and, and he kind of you know took me under his wing and we spent time together. And, you know, being that he is a World War II veteran and all the things that he's been through, you know, I can see where that mantra had come from. But, you know, as a young kid, anytime that I'd be helping him with a project. We used to work out in his shed all the time or out in his garden. Um, and he'd ask my help and want me to do things and teach me things. But anytime I, I didn't want to do it or it was too hard or I got frustrated, I always would say the word can't. I was like, I can't do it, grandpa. I can't do it. And instantly without, you know, even taking a pause, he would look at me and snap back with the the, the sentence of, can isn't a word, take that out of your vocabulary, right? And so I sit back and I ponder um, that saying and have for a while now. And it's a big thing that has driven me as a young man, has driven me into adulthood, has driven me in my career, and a big reason of why I've created that always find a way mantra. But I do find myself still going back and using that word and having that word in my vocabulary. And what kind of sparked this conversation for today's podcast and really why I wanted to talk about, you know, the word can't and removing it from your vocabulary, um, but also really focusing on the things we don't want to do, uh, we think we can't do or we don't have time to do is because over the last couple of weeks, you know, connecting with loved ones, you know, fellow colleagues, employees of mine, even my own children, um, I've heard a lot of the can't word coming out, right? More and more and and people making excuses and people, you know, holding themselves back from their, their true potential because of saying can't, right? And I think, you know, for me, even though I'm this most positive guy, right? And, and I find it very ironic that I'm always coaching 
positivity and coaching overcoming adversity and, you know, always finding a way. I, too, go sometimes into a mental place of negativity or, you know, get frustrated or have self-doubt. Like, that's just normal. Right. And on the outside looking in, everybody that knows me thinks I'm this like super positive, you know, inspirational, you know, can never be down guy. And and 99 percent of the time that's true. But there's still the one percent of the time that, you know, I have the same issues as everybody else, the same self-doubt, the same challenges. But also I find myself making excuses and going back to that uh, can't mentality. Right. And when I think about it, you know, granted, this podcast is a prime example. I set out on a goal, my very first podcast, you know, all that, I, you know, here we go. I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot and I'm just going to get started. And I committed to doing this once a week and I committed to doing it every Friday. I was going to put something out and um, I was on a roll, got four in a row. And then granted, I have great excuses, family vacation that was well needed. My son's birthday turning 14, getting caught up on work. All of that is great reasons to miss the podcast. But I also had a goal and a commitment to myself that I was going to do this. And I could have found a way. I could have made time. While we're on vacation, I took my mic. I was ready to go. I just didn't do it. I made excuses of why I didn't want to do it or my mind was other places, right? We got back from vacation, had my mic ready, locked, tried to do it. Things got in the way. And I, and, and I just kept saying, I don't have time. I don't have time. And, and last Saturday, on the way to my son's birthday party at an escape room, I recorded three sessions, but I kept getting interrupted and um, didn't happen. So I just stopped. Right. And so here we are today. Dog's just barking. Right. We're going to keep rolling because it's in the moment and it's raw. But the reality is I could have made it happen. I just chose not to. I chose to, to continue to put other things in front of it and say can't. And that's a small example and not catastrophic. but you do that. We do that all the time in life, right? We, we always find other reasons why we can't do something, right? We don't want to do it. And I think for me, you, you know, another thing that I've learned along the way that has helped me overcome these kind of things is Eat Your Frog, right? It's a book that I've read a while back and it's about, you know, doing the one thing you don't want to do first and then everything else gets easy, right? And, you know, it talks about why do we fight the hard stuff? And when, you, when I found in life, when you embrace the hard stuff, when you overcome the things you don't want to do and you eat that frog, everything gets easier, right? I think for me, the podcast, I just got out of routine. I'm a very routine-driven guy, very process-driven guy, and I got out of routine, and I had to get back in routine, and I think self-consciously, I was fighting getting back in routine. I didn't want to get back in routine. I liked being on vacation. I liked you know, being you know, free and doing the things I was doing on my own time, but you know, in the end, this is important. And so I'm finding time today, right? And that translates into when it's important to you, you will find time no matter what, right? And yeah, I'm three weeks behind, but it's only gotten me more excited and more jazzed up to start moving forward and not miss another podcast, right? And so let me correlate that to just some personal examples. Then we'll get into professional examples as well. But every time, you know, I listen to my kids and I watch them go through things, I get content and I feel things and relate it to salespeople, right? And and those that are parents can relate. You watch your kids overcome, you watch your kids, you know, battle through, you watch them have a uh, short-term memory and and not hold on to things and have, have no fear. And as we get older as adults, 
we change that and we, we start to create this self-doubt or create things in our mind and tell ourselves story from experiences or bad things that have happened. But, you know, a couple of things that, that have happened over the last couple weeks that really tied into this can't mantra for me was number one, I'll talk about Olivia, right? So Olivia, you know, she's our firecracker, right? She thinks she runs the the, the world and, and everything revolves around her. And, you know, she's really excited to go to kindergarten and doesn't happen until September. Um, so she's still going to this Montessori preschool and, and, and she gets frustrated and doesn't want to go. She fights school. Like I'm a big girl now. I want to go to kindergarten. Why do I got to go to daycare? And, you know, starting to get her own little attitude. So, you know, pray for me for when she becomes a teenager. Um, but fight so hard about school. Okay. We go through the whole progress. We get through it and we get her to school. You know, we pick her back up eight hours later and it's the best thing ever. She had so much fun and it was the greatest day. And then I sit there and I think to myself, why do you fight? And I try to correlate and she's six years old and I try to talk her through it. But then I talk and I start to relate that to salespeople and sales managers and, and how they fight something so much. But then if they just embrace it and do it, they find out that there's greatness to be had on the other side or it wasn't as bad as they thought it was going to be or something uh, something special will happen or they feel better because they got that thing off their chest or they ate their frog and now everything else is getting easier for them. Right. And so, you know, that really got to me. Right. To think about, you know, just like children, we want to throw a tantrum and we want to tell ourselves stories and we want to like do something that we want to do versus something we're being told we have to do but if we you know if we pause and reflect a lot of times when we go through with the thing that we don't want to do we end up coming out the other side right then i think about aiden um and you know overcoming his fear and not wanting to do something right so it's his 14th birthday we sign up for um zipline right and for those that know me really well know i'm scared of heights but it's his 14th birthday he really wants to zip line and so i'm like right let's do it he did the aerial one first which is just zip to one platform zip to another one zip to another one and he thought that was a little like boring and he didn't really want to do that again so we upgraded to the obstacle one right and i, I should have done some research but i didn't but i'm like hey we're gonna do this man we're gonna make it happen i'm overcome my fear and we're gonna do it he's gung-ho let's go so we sign up and we get there and man, this thing is 75 feet off the ground and it is an obstacle, zip line, then another obstacle, then a zip line. And first out the gates, it's a 75 foot wall you have to climb. Granted, you're harnessed in and you're all safe and all that, but you got to climb this wall straight up, 75 yards, like, you know, almost an entire football field. So Aiden goes first because he's just like, I'm going. And the whole time I'm thinking to myself, like, I'm scared, but I can't show him that I'm freaking out. And I'm starting to think maybe he's overwhelmed and freaked out, but he's thinking the same thing. Come to find out he doesn't want to, like, let me down. So he just goes, climbs the wall, gets to the top. I go behind him and I finally get up there and I look at him right in the eyes and he's like, what are we doing? Oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. Like, I, I can't do this. And I looked at him and said, OK, son, like, we got two options here, man. We can lean into our fear. And we could move forward and try and conquer this um, or we can stop, turn back around. There's nothing to be ashamed of if you want to climb back down and um, and do it another time. Right. At the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to force you to do something you're uncomfortable with. And I'm sitting there like freaking out, saying this like straight faced. 
but I'm freaking out. I'm like, please tell me you want to climb down. Right. But then the other part of me as a father, as a leader is like, let's conquer this thing. Right. I hope he says he wants to conquer it. He looks at me and says, dad, just like you coach your salespeople and everything in life, you, you don't know unless you try and you'll always regret if you don't give it a shot. And if I start having fear now, I won't stop. He clips in and off he goes. It's just, and I'm like, holy smokes. All right, we're doing this. So I clip in and I follow him down. And then as we get going, the obstacle will get harder and harder. And I mean, I'm dude sweating and freaking out. And But we're, we're almost we're 75% of the way through and we have four obstacles left. And we get there and then we reach this one that goes another like 25 feet up in the air off the 75 foot platform has a gap in the bridge and, and Aiden's legs just weren't long enough and he wasn't strong enough yet to pull himself up. So he gets halfway and he kind of breaks down and freaks out. And it was time to go. Like his emotions had now gotten the best to him. Right. But when we got to the platform, he looks at me and he's just like, he's met, he, he's crying. He's upset. He feels like he let me down all this stuff. And then I just, I let out some tears with him and tell him how I was freaked out and how I didn't want to do it, but I was doing it for him. And, and, and we had this good bonding moment, but the most important thing that I told him at that moment is, you made 75% of the way through on something you were afraid to do, right? You can always now look back to say, hey, I conquered that, right? We can come back and finish 100% another time when you're a little bit stronger and you feel, you know, and you're a little bit taller and you feel more confident, but now you tried it. If we wouldn't have tried it, you would always have this doubt and this, like this, you know, holding you back from other things because you, you didn't think you could do it. Now you did it. You survived it. We did it. I don't ever want to do it again, but I would if he wanted me to. But that's an example of if you if we would have sat there on the platform and told ourselves we couldn't do it or we said can't like or, you know, we don't we don't want to do it. And we just for and we got down instead of forcing ourselves to go through. We would have never had that experience. We would have never been able to, you know, get us through that fear. Right. And get over it. Right. And and, and again, those are all things that you have to do. And I think about sales and I think about call reluctance and I think about, you know, being afraid to ask for the sale. And I tie that into the zip line, man. A lot of times when you get on the phone, you're 75 feet up in the air, you're clipped in and you're just like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Right? Fight or flight. Do I hang up? Do I stumble through? Like, what do I do? When you get your first appointment, same thing, Right? When you're behind in quota and you feel like walls are closing in, you start to like tell yourself a story and, and you're 75 feet up and you're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Right. So I think the whole message there is just leaning into the fear, not letting it control you, working through it and trusting the process. Right. Because the whole time in the zip line, we were double clipped. We were super safe. Like literally, if I fell off, I would just dangle there. Nothing bad would happen. But just being that high up and not having stability of a bridge or other things, mentally, I was telling myself stories, right? And we do that in sales and we do that in leadership, right? We can't tell ourselves stories. And we got to remember, you know, and here's what's crazy, right? This is what's crazy. He conquered that fear and then he... the. Later on, a couple of days later, he rode a seaplane. And a couple of days later, he rode this roller coaster that went like in millions of circles for some other things he did for his birthday. I truly believe if he didn't conquer that fear on the zip line, 
he wouldn't have got on that seaplane. He wouldn't have done that roller coaster for the very first time because he would have been still held back by the fear of making it to the top and then not finishing or not even trying the zipline. So the same goes with sales and the same goes with sales leadership. You don't want to miss out on the other opportunities that are going to come your way to enhance your career, make you have more success because you're afraid or you're telling yourself stories or you're making up you know, excuses with the word can't and you don't want to try. Okay. Now, the last thing I'll just tell you that really kind of related to me from a personal level, and, and then we'll get into some business things, is you sit back as a parent, right? And this time it was as an uncle on vacation in San Diego, watching my nephews fight with their dad. And it was a real simple concept. They were just asked to be doing chores and asked to help around the house and asked to do their their weekly uh, or their daily things while we were there, even though we were, we were there for vacation. Business was still going on, and they still need to do their stuff. But what was crazy is the amount of pushback that they would give their parents, right? And I sit here and I would watch them make the easy things very hard and the hard things even harder. And as I watched it go down, I was like watching a train wreck, right? And then they would get in trouble, lose video game time have to do a timeout or whatever. And I was just sitting here just like, oh my gosh, kids, like, let me help you out. So finally I sat them down and I just gave them some coaching and I, I walked them through as an uncle. And I said, listen, guys, like you got to stop making the easy stuff hard and the hard stuff harder. Right. And I, and I, and I just told them, I was like, listen, a lot of times when we don't do what, what we're asked to do, or we fight the hard things or fight the thing that we think is the hardest, or we just, we don't eat the frog or we, we, we choose to, to do something different. We make things so much harder for us. And I think about sales and I think about leadership, right? A salesperson, not overcoming that objection or not calling that customer back or being afraid to have the right conversation with a customer because you gave them wrong information or you potentially overpromise them, right? Just blows up, right? I have this saying, are you an ostrich or a rhino? Okay. Ostrich, you put your head in the sand when things get tough or frustrating or hard conversations. A rhino, you charge ahead, right? And and you will never ever regret charging ahead. So as a sales rep, right, let's do the easy stuff first, make the easy stuff, keep it easy, and then keep the hard stuff hard versus making the easy stuff harder and the hard stuff super hard, right? And you do that by just taking the coaching, putting in the effort, not procrastinating, right? Those are the things that we gotta do. And then from a sales sales manager perspective, you can't be afraid to have the hard conversation, right? Too many times as leaders, I watch leaders do the easy wrong versus the hard right. And so you as a leader, you have to make that hard right and you have to be able to willing to have those hard conversations and lean into them no matter how uncomfortable they are, right? Because if you continue to ignore a needed coaching moment, a needing, you know, training session or a needed adjustment in your overall sales uh, success or your overall strategy or whatever, it's only going to come back and hurt you even more down the line and turn the situation to even a harder situation, right? 
And trust me when I say, like, you're still going to come out of the other side. Fine. You're not going to have, you're not, I mean, nothing bad's going to happen to you by leaning into a hard conversation. Nothing bad is going to happen to you if you're willing to eat that frog and do that hard thing first, right? The worst can happen to you when you refuse to do those hard things and you continue to tell yourself a story you can't because what happens is you start to deteriorate your leadership. You start to get, you start to have people lose faith in you. You start to have things start to fester and manifest because you're not willing to have that hard conversation and put it to bed, right? So I know I've kind of correlated a lot of work stuff to personal stuff. I'll just talk about some professional things that really spark the can't stuff and have this conversation, right? So, you know, we just talked about making that hard call, that hard decision and having that hard combo, right? I've seen more leaders decide not to have the conversation, tell themselves they can't do it or they don't want to do it. And then watch an employee who was a fantastic hire deteriorate really fast and then leave the organization, right? Or that employee turn into just a complete nightmare of trying to work, you know, through the progress of performance counseling, right? And then I watch that sales manager, they start to fall apart and they start to deteriorate and the culture gets bad and they're frustrated and they can't do their job, right? Then I've watched the opposite when I watch a sales manager have a hard conversation, although they they might be freaked out, right? They have it and then watch them come out the other side and watch that employee blossom, watch that culture grow, watch the results start to skyrocket is the true benefit, right? I'll dude, I have many, many stories of hard conversations that I've had over my career. Um I've become an expert at it. I still make mistakes. But I'm okay with having them now. I don't freak out about it. But I remember having them in the past. And, you know, when I first got into leadership, I was, you know, in my early 20s and I was managing people in their 40s, 50s, 60s. And having those conversations were not fun. And I was freaked out. I mean, imagine trying to have a hard conversation, accountability conversation. You're 25 years old and now you're talking to somebody that's 50, 55, the same age as your parents and you're coaching them, right? And not in a like a rah, rah, let's help you. Like you had to have a real hard conversation. It gets uncomfortable really fast, right? But I, I've learned a long time ago, you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And, and and I will tell you right now, I will keep repeating this. The easy gets hard and the hard gets harder if you don't act. And if you tell yourself you can't and you tell you make yourself stories about what could happen right? By doing it now, eating that frog and having those hard conversations, everything's downhill and then you get better. And then that's the other part that people don't realize is in order for you to get really good at managing and leading and and having hard conversations and coaching, you have to make mistakes. You have to put yourself out there. You have to go through it. You have to try because if you don't, you're never going to get good at it. And you can't go through a leadership career, never having a hard conversation right? So you just have to continue to practice and try. The other thing I heard a lot over the last couple of weeks, right? And this one rang near and dear to me. And that was saying that you don't have time for self-development. 
I heard a lot of peers, a lot of people who used to work for me, a lot of colleagues of mine talking about they don't have time for self-development. No, you just choose not to make time for self-development, right? At the end of the day, you either do it or you don't. And if you don't do it, it's because it wasn't important to you. It's that simple. It truly is. If you want to get better at your craft, if you want to be great, you're going to put in the 10,000 hours needed to be great, right? There's no silver bullet to success. There's no silver bullet to riches. It's hard work, dedication, and continued work, right? Even the TikTok billionaires out there, they still got to put in work. They still got to put on a show every single day, every single minute to live that TikTok fantasy. They're still putting in work, right? They're still doing the development they need to do to be better. Right, doesn't matter what craft that you're doing, you've got to develop, you gotta get better. And if you don't find time, you don't make time, that's on you. Right? At the end of the day, if you truly want to get better and you truly want to grow and you truly want to get promoted and you truly want to have success, you will find time for self-development, right? Even if it's only 15 minutes a day. My secret is 15 minutes a day. It's either a podcast, a LinkedIn article that I read, motivational. Uh, YouTube that I watch, meditate. I just took that up, started meditating, right? Listening to, you know, other colleagues of mine, having a, a call with them and talking with them about things, being a mentor, right? That's the other thing too. Like, you know, I applaud people that go out of their way to put themselves out there and ask for help. Um, uh, individual I went to high school with, um, reached out to me the other day because he heard my podcast and he asked me to mentor him. Um, we knew of each other in high school, but we didn't, you know, really have a connection outside of just knowing each other. We had a good hour dialogue and, you know, I loved every, I loved his story, everything he came from, everything he talked about. And, and then, you know, it really resonated to me that I, what I was talking about related to him, right? Go figure, went to high school together, didn't really know each other, but now he hears me on this podcast and, and, and now I'm going to mentor him, but I'm going to get just as much out of that mentorship that he is. I'm going to devote the time to meet him and talk to him. I'm going to then take selfish. So self, I'm going to be selfish and take things from that mentorship too, to get better. Right? So being committed to development is important. And if you say you can't do that, then you're not serious about your craft. You're not serious about getting better. You're not serious about making more money or serious about uh, being a great spouse or a great father or, or a great brother or sister or loved one, right? Like at the end of the day, we always got to get better in everything we do in life. And you only do that by three simple things. You get better by failing and trying and failing because failure is the best teacher, okay? You get better by development and putting yourself out there and being willing to continue to get better from other people and develop. And then number three, you never quit. You never quit. You see it to the end. You keep grinding. You keep working through it. You figure it out, right? If it's something you really want, you will always find a way, okay? Then the last thing I would say to you is that happened is people believing they can't win, right? I've heard that a lot. You know, new fiscal year, quotas are going up or mid-year for a lot of salespeople and they're, they're behind their number, right? At the end of the day, it's a mindset 
driven by your vocabulary, by your commitment to the 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 the, 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 thing, the commitment to the time and energy you're going to put into the craft, but also are you willing to continue to outwork everybody else and drown out the noise, right? You know, I have this saying right now, like last year when we were under plan, severely under plan, we we're at 30% of the number. I kept talking about 100%, how I saw us at 100%. I visualized us at 100%. And I kept driving our people to 100%. And that's all we talked about. And then we talked about everything we were doing to get to 100%. Keep it very simple, stay the course, drive the activity, nothing else. Lo and behold, we got to 100%. Okay. Now it's flipped. We're into this new fiscal year doing 144%, you know stretching to 160 this month, crushing the number, but I'm managing the business like we were 30% because someone's right behind us trying to knock us off and take our top spot. I don't want that for my people. I want my people to continue to strive for greatness, be better than they were yesterday, lead from the front, have everybody else chasing us, right? But you're only gonna have that mont you're only gonna have that mentality is if you play like you're in the back, even though you're in the front. And when you're reversed, if you're in the back, you play like you're in the front. You keep believing you're gonna be in the front. Right. And so the pressure is always going to mount. The, the, you know, I have this saying, too, that I talk about. You. You from the top performer to the bottom performer, there's only one difference. And that difference is how much you're paid. Right. Top performers make a ton of money. Bottom performers don't. But the stress, the accountability. Everything that you're required to do in the job is the same thing. Right. So if you sit there and you continue to tell yourself you cannot win and you keep having can't in your vocabulary, then you're not going to do what it takes to win. Okay, period. End of story. So to tie this all in, what I would say to everybody as we get ready to, to, to start our next week and focus on what we're trying to accomplish comes down to something very simple. And what it comes down to is just a mantra that you create for yourself. And you can use this one that I'm going to give you, or you can create your own. But can't isn't a word. There's no hope. And won't doesn't cut it. You replace all that with I can, I will, I must. Again. Can't isn't a word. We don't hope and won't doesn't cut it. It's all about I can, I will, I must. So the next time that you find yourself slipping and using the word can't, I want you to pause, take that out of your vocabulary and replace it with can, I will, or I must and go out and achieve, right? Goals, successes, and desires will come. You just have to stay the course. You have to eat your frog. You have to be willing to do the hard stuff and not tell yourself stories, right? And just remember, right? Here's the quote that I'm going to end with. Stop making the easy things hard and the hard things harder. Again. Stop making the easy things hard and the hard things harder. Lean in, take care of business, and everything else comes to fruition. 
right? So again, thanks for the time today. I appreciate everybody who listens. I'm glad to be back and I'm looking forward to uh, getting back in a routine and and driving these podcasts on a weekly basis. I hope that you enjoyed uh, episode five and I hope that you took something away from it. And most importantly, I hope that you take can't out of your vocabulary. Thank you and have a great weekend.